Amen. Thanks, Pastor Reese, for that. Hey, happy Easter. Oh, I know we've already done that. He is risen. Thank you for that. But uh, he is risen, indeed. I hope uh, this morning there is uh, uh, something new and fresh. And I'm glad you're here this morning. If you're new with us, I'm especially glad that you accepted an invitation to come and to be here. Um, I hope you'll know, and maybe you've noticed already, we're not a perfect church. We're not perfect people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we serve a perfect Christ, and we celebrate that today. In fact, um, there's weeds in our flower beds out there. Did you notice that? Um, no, you're supposed to say, no, I didn't notice that. <laughs> now I feel bad. Oh, yeah, there's weeds out there. Uh, we don't pay somebody to come pull weeds. Um, we get together every once in a while as a congregation, and we go out there, and we pull the weeds together. Um, it's a metaphor. It's how we, we do. We're imperfect people. Um, we sometimes present an imperfect presentation, but we serve a perfect Christ. But we come together in community to deal with the difficulties of our lives and where the deficiencies are. And in that, Christ is making us whole. So if you're new with us, I, I hope you'll see that and, uh, and consider coming and joining us and being a part of what God is doing here. So you've got your, your passage this morning that was read. This is uh, a, a count of John, which what is what we've been walking through. This is the 10th week of the John series uh, this year. We're going to step off the series after today, and we're going to be walking through some other stuff. In fact, next week we'll start a series called You Matter Because, and we'll look at that for a couple weeks. And then I've invited Pastor uh, Reese to, to share uh, a sermon at the end of the month. I just said, whatever you want at the end of the month. So uh, we're looking forward to that as well. So that's kind of where we're going. But this is this passage where we learn about the resurrection, or we at least get the report about something has happened here, and then this this presentation to Mary. Now, this is also sometimes the the sermons where you get pastors who give you very creative anecdotes to passages like this that may or may not always actually pertain to the passage. Maybe you've heard one of these in your life. What stones need to be rolled away in your life? There, um, you heard that. Or how fast are you running to the tomb? Oh, I'm sure the one disciple maybe held it over Peter's head the whole time. I'll beat you there. Um, or what hidden gardener is revealing himself to you? Um, that's my favorite one. I thought instead of giving you uh, some creative antidote like that, we would just walk through the passage, and I think there's just some real practical observations, and they actually give some real honest questions we can ask ourselves in our life. Whether you would say, listen, I'm a solid Christian, or I'm, I'm not quite sure about this, this stuff, or I came because somebody forced me, and I'm just looking forward to getting out of here and getting the, my Easter ham. So... I think there's still some good observations for all of us and some questions that might come forth. So take a look at it. Verse 1, we'll start right there. Early on the next day of the week, while it was still dark, so we're talking early in the morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. So early, early on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, maybe being already awoke in sleep or maybe she had a hard time sleeping, um, but she was compelled to get up and to go to the tomb. And to be at the tomb. Now, there is not a lot of clear understanding that Jesus is going to rise from the dead. Sometimes we do that 2,000 years later. We project that back on them and say, why didn't they believe? Uh, but not a lot of clear understanding. 
Just as much as you have not heard lots of reports of people rising from the dead three days later, uh, so too for them. That's a concept. It's not like they had clearly wrapped their head around it. Maybe there was some hope there. But she likely went to this tomb. Why? Because she wanted to be close to Jesus. Not because she necessarily said he's not going to be there. He's going to be risen. He'll probably be disguised as a gardener. No, she just went and thought, I need to be near Jesus. Have you ever had a loved one pass and you felt the same thing? You've had that feeling of, I need, I need to go by the tomb. I need to go by the grave. I just want to be there. It, it's the same thing for, Ma- for, for Mary, this longing to be near Jesus. And so there she was, up super early in the morning, before she could likely even see well, and she was there. And this is the interesting thing that I see, is that she goes not knowing what she's going to encounter. Like, like, I don't think if you stopped and you interviewed her for the news on the way, she's going to tell you, I'm headed there, and maybe, just maybe, he'll be risen. I think she went with a desire to be near Jesus in the form he was now. And in her head, that was in the grave. And yet, she gets to experience something that none of the others got to experience. That, that desire, that longing, that seeking to go and be near Jesus, she got to experience something that she probably didn't imagine. So I look at this and I say to myself, I get challenged with the concept of start your day seeking Jesus. Start your day seeking. Listen, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you might have a pattern of knowing what it's like to seek Jesus in the morning. You might like, I've got this chair I've got this coffee mug with my favorite verse on it. I don't know. You know, and I've got my, my Bible. My family knows to leave me alone during that time. And I go, and that's my time. You might know. You might have that discipline down and that, that rhythm of your life down. If you're new to this kind of stuff, you might go like, I don't even know what that means. I've never even thought about the idea of early in the morning maybe seeking Jesus. Because I think sometimes we think it's, it's like this all or nothing, either I don't do any of this religion, Jesus stuff, or I'm all the way with it. And the truth is, the seeking is what's significant. And if you wake up in the morning, wherever you're at on this, you know, Christian spectrum, we'll call it, to wake up and just seek Jesus. For you, it could be as simply, if you're brand new to it, to saying, get yourself a Bible or use a Bible app on your phone and open up and just say, I'm just going to read one chapter, and I'm going to start in the book of Mark, a simple book of the Bible that tells me about Jesus. And I'm just going to read a chapter a day. And we'll leave it at that, and then we're going on with our day. And that could be a great starting point for you. Now, if you're a Christian, can I just tell you bluntly this morning, you're missing out on a ton as a believer not seeking Jesus in the morning. Not starting your day some way, somehow, seeking Jesus in word, in prayer, in Christian counsel, whatever it looks like. Mary, she just simply longs to be near Jesus in the morning, never imagining the encounter she would actually end up having. Let's go on. We'll jump uh, forward uh, a little bit. Uh, It says in verse 10, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. We get this little uh, dialogue where she tells two of the disciples. She says, look, they've taken my Lord. I don't know where they've taken him. I don't know where he's at. 
So clearly she's confessing this idea of not he has risen from the dead. If she had thought that, she would have said it. It was they've moved him. They've taken him from the tomb, and he's not there anymore. Now, he died, at least from a Roman perspective, he died as kind of for treason, treason, as a traitor. That's the kind of death he died that would have been the mark. So for all she knew, hey, he's got to be moved and can't be in a good grave or that type. She doesn't know why they've moved. And so what happens? The disciples, maybe not fully believing her and needing to see it for themselves, they run ahead to the tomb, and one disciple just looks in and sees that this seems to be true. The other disciple runs ahead, runs in, or excuse me, runs into the tomb to verify this as well. And it actually says there in the passage, and he believed. Did you catch that? Now, here's what we do sometimes 2,000 years later. Here, we put on that, oh, he believed. He accepted Jesus Christ into his life as his personal Savior. You know, and now he goes forward as a Christian. But I've been telling you for almost two years in this John series that believed in the book of John is almost always believed what was last said or reported or shared. And the last thing that was shared or reported here was, they've taken my Lord. I don't know where he is. And now Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, uh, likely John, um, don't have time to trace the reasons why this morning, uh, but likely John, they are believing now the lady's report. They're, relie they're relieving Mary's report, and they go back. Now, if had they had said, we believe he has risen from the dead, I think we get a different report here uh, from John. Uh, maybe we get a different report <coughs> of what they do at this point. But it seems like they go back to where they're staying, almost uneventful there as they head back. Here was the encouragement as I was reading this passage for myself and, and being challenged, and the, the concept was this, don't give up on your search too soon. Like, that might have been a time for the disciples, the closest people to Jesus, to actually say, what, now, what did he say? What were some of those things he said about raising from the dead? Um, he says at least five times up till now in the book of John, um, and so they, they got some type of precursor, even though they fully didn't understand. In fact, John tells us in this passage, they did not yet understand he had risen from the dead. But this might have been time to go further in the search. Well, where is his body then if it's been moved? Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's go find out. There are times when we're seeking Jesus, maybe the start of your day like Mary, and we hit walls. Or we hit things like, I don't understand here. Or you hit a hardship in your life, and you're like, why, God? Why is this happening to me, God? And my encouragement to you, whether you're brand new to this or whether you've been a Christian a long time, keep the search going. Don't stop your search too soon. Keep asking the question, what does Jesus have for my life? What is Jesus doing here? What can I learn for this? from this? Is there something deeper God wants to share with me? Anytime I'm at the hospital and somebody's had maybe an accident, a hardship, or something like that, and they're going to be laid up for a while, you know, some of you have been in that, that boat before, I always pray the same prayer with them. I say the same words. I say, God, while you have them as a captive audience. And what am I saying? Look, you're going to be laying in that bed a lot. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of the opportunity you have to commune with God. Remember those times you've said, man, I'm just so busy. You know, 
I get it. Me too. Well, you're not going to be very busy for a little while. Take, take time. Don't give up the search too soon. In our world of right now and my way, we dismiss a lot that Jesus could be revealing to us by thinking, well, Jesus, I wanted it now, and I want it the way I wanted it. Let's go on. Take a look at verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Jesus asks a question. You know, why are you sad? Why are you crying? And she doesn't recognize that this is Jesus at this moment. Now, there's a lot of theological debate. If you want to get into the muck of that, there's a lot of theological debate on why did she not recognize Jesus? Does Jesus present himself in a different physical form at this point? Um, I, we don't have time to trace all those. In fact, to be honest, I think there's much to do about nothing if you walk through them all. I'm thinking of this incredibly distraught Mary early, early in the morning when maybe light is not what it is midday, crying, tears, water, and not fully giving attention to this person who's asking her a question and not fully recognizing what is being, uh, what she's looking at. But there, it's true, there is Jesus with her asking, why are you crying? Why are you sad? Not why are you crying in a way of you shouldn't be crying. I'm right here. What's the matter with you? But in a way of saying with tenderness, you know, what, what hurts you? What afflicts you? And I wonder for me, uh, and maybe this is the question for all of us, is what around you have, uh, that you ha what's around you that you haven't noticed is Jesus? Like, is there a way Jesus is trying to speak to you, trying to work in your life? You see, we believe in something. I'm going to use uh, a big theological term on you um, here. We believe in something called provenient grace. And you know what that means? It's super simple. It just simply means before you ever believed in Jesus, before you ever said, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus. That sounds great. Before you ever received the grace he has to offer, he was going out and seeking you, searching for you. He was going out and trying to draw you to himself by telling you how much he loves you and what he wants to provide for your life. And that simple term is for being in grace. And there's times in our life where I sit back as your pastor and I'm like, I can see God doing these things in your life. I can see him doing it. And sometimes, because of what's going on in our own life in the moment, even the voice that's asking us a question, why are you ailing? Why are you hurting? What's going on in your life? We don't recognize it's coming from Jesus. And usually when somebody asks, why are you hurting? They have a care, they have a concern, and they might even have a way to say, what can I do as well? And I think that's what Jesus wants to follow up with. Maybe not so much what can I do, but let me tell you what I can do. So what around you that you <laughs> what's around you that you haven't noticed is Jesus. What is he already doing in your life and drawing you in? Well, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. Now, something about that triggered in her. Something, either the way Jesus said it, but she turned around, because she wasn't looking at him, so it clearly wasn't by sight. She turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, which what is what they often would have called, even the disciples would have called Jesus, teacher. 
Rabbani, because that's, what, that's what they saw him as. Something about Mary hearing her name from Jesus opened up her eyes. It opened up that she was now able to see Jesus because of what she heard. Here's the simple phrase, and I think the practical help. Maybe if you've been on this search, maybe you've been like, yeah, I've checked it out. In fact, we live in a culture that when we look at Christianity, it's not like your friends who are, are missionaries in certain countries where they're sharing about Jesus, and it's the first time they've ever heard this concept about Jesus. We live in a culture that kind of has the approach and the attitude, eh, been there, done that. Didn't take. Didn't really like that. Or, yeah, I was in that for a while. And, and I'm telling you, this is true for almost anyone somewhere around 30 years and older. You have this, yeah, I, I went to church growing up, or I went to youth group, or kids camp, or those type of, there was some form of this, and then you stepped away from it, or they stepped away, and kind of have been there, done that. That defines our culture quite a bit. And so, we kind of shut it off. Here's the encouragement, I think, from this verse, is to take a, take a look again with your ears. Take a look again and hear. What is Jesus' words? What does he say to us? Look again at the times where you know it was his voice and you know he was calling or speaking to you in your life. Take a listen to the things that you go, that's a mature believer in Christ. What do they say? What do they talk about? What do they do? Take a look and hear. Ask questions. Listen to the answers when you ask these questions. Hear the scriptures again. You ever have that, uh, that thought when um, you have an idea in your head and you're like, man, this is a really good idea, you know, or you have a joke in your head and you're like, this is a really good joke, right? And then you say it <laughs> out and there's something about the words coming out that like, that doesn't sound like as good an idea as I thought it sounded in my head. It sounded really good in my head or really good. But once, it, 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 once we hear it with our own ears out of our mouth, we're like, oh, that sounds very different in um, like sometimes for me, um, I say jokes from the stage that are not scripted. Did you know this happens? You're like, oh, brother, we know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something about the distance from here to here, there's just not enough time to set up a barricade or something. So, you know, it often comes out. But the, the same thing happens in our Christian walk is sometimes we, we, in our head, we think of things about how this relationship with Jesus or how this stuff about Jesus really works out. And in reality, if we could just hear it, from Jesus' mouth, through the scriptures, if we could hear it, oh, it sounds very different. It sounds better, better if we could just hear Jesus' words. But when we cut that avenue off, we don't hear it. So all this is going on with the disciples. Uh, Mary, who comes to the tomb early in the day, seeking Jesus. Sharing with the disciples who are distraught as well, who maybe give up the search a little soon. We know they would do wonderful things for God. We see that going forward. Taking a moment to notice the things that, around us that might be Jesus. And listening again to what are his words? What does he say? And then there's this last little thing. She's, Jesus speaks to her and says, look, don't hold on to me. And, and, and really what he's saying there is, look, you can't just stay right here. You can't just stay with me the whole time. Instead, go back and 
tell my brothers and sisters, I'm ascending to the Father, uh, to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And what does Mary do? The scripture says in verse 18, I've seen the Lord and he, she told me, them he had, what he had said, <coughs> excuse me, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Uh, she went and she shared now with the disciples, with others, what Jesus had told her. Why is that such a, a big deal there? Listen, what she could have done is she could have just said, it's me and Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's just me and Jesus. And now that I've experienced him and encountered him, I just want to stay with him. And that we would understand that, right? We would say, you know, like, like, good for you, Mary. You know, you found Jesus. Stick close to Jesus. And Jesus says to her in this situation, now go tell the others that I've risen. Go tell them what you have seen and what you've encountered. And the question this morning is one we often ask here. Who else needs to hear this? Like, who else in your life needs to hear this? Sometimes we think, I've got to be deeply theologically trained before I can go out and share Jesus with other people. No, you don't. In fact, those who are deeply theologically trained, not, not across the board, but they often don't do a very good job sharing Jesus. Anybody can. If you've not yet said yes to Jesus, you're kind of checking it out, or again, you were, you know, just dragged here today, and you say, all I can do is just maybe search for Jesus a couple times this week. I'll read a couple of those passages. You can go right out and say, what I learned this morning, what I read this morning is, and share it with somebody else. At every stage of this spiritual journey, every stage of this thing we call Christianity, we can ask the question, who else needs to hear this? Who else needs to hear what I just learned about Jesus or the encounter I just had with Jesus? Now, I would imagine the disciples would have found out another way um, had Mary not gone. Uh, I, I have a hope that they would have found out another way. Just as I have hope that your friends and family who don't know Jesus will find out another way, but I can tell you Jesus' way here to Mary, you go tell them. You've heard it. You've encountered it. Go tell them now. And so we find out she does. Well, this passage this morning uh, is resurrection passage. And I don't think the story of Christianity can be understand in any way without resurrection. And so we celebrate that. And I hope that the five uh, just little practical things we pull from that will be practical help for you now stepping forward in your Christian life. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your rising from the dead. Lord, we thank you as we shared Friday night that you went to the cross. And Lord, maybe even forgive us when we focus so much on the cross that we haven't got to the word resurrection. But today we're declaring it fanatically, Lord, Lord, that you have risen from the dead. And Lord, because that you have overcome death and you've offered life to us. But Lord, remind us, life is in you. And so we have to seek you daily. We have to look for you and commune with you. And in you is the life of resurrection. So Lord, would you draw us in these practical helps this morning? that we might know you deeper. We pray it in your son's name. Amen. Amen.
Well, we're glad you're here this morning, uh, Easter Sunday, and I hope you have a great rest of your Easter. But let me share with you a couple things. Uh, if you're new or with us, if you are up for filling out one of these communication cards, just as much information as you're comfortable with, and we'll connect you with the church and, and what you can be about. Um, one of the key things we have for people that are newer, uh, either new today or you've been newer over the last few months, is a thing next week called Pizzas in Pastors with Pastors. Now, I've been accused of just having a Sunday where I can eat pizza. I won't deny that there's truth in that, um, but I'm inviting all of you to come join us that might be a new or newer, or if you've brought somebody along, you've invited somebody and they've come, that's next Sunday after second service. I don't know, pizza at 9.50 in the morning might be a little quick, so we'll do it after second service next week. Some of you are like, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to Ponce out there, see what we can do. Uh, but that's next week, uh, so if you'd like to grab one of these on your way out, we'd love to have you just join us for Pizzas with Pastors. That'll be uh, several of us pastors at the church and leaders, some board members, uh, and then anyone who's new or newer, or, or if you brought somebody, that's next Sunday. We'd love to have you. Uh, that'd be great. Hey, a couple of announcements. Uh, our prayer text will go out tomorrow, so if we can pray for you in any way, we'd love to do that. Just let us know. If you're newer and you're like, I'm, I don't get the text messages because I'm new here, uh, again, if you'll fill out one of these, I will put you on that and make sure that you're getting the prayer text so we can be praying for you however you'd like. Um, Celebrate Recovery is tomorrow night. Um, what's one of the key ministries here? For anything you're going through, a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, um, this ministry is designed to just help you walk forward uh, in the steps needed. Um, and also for Celebrate Recovery, we're going to do a full-blown worship night. It's for the whole church. Celebrate Recovery is kind of... Uh, uh, combining with that on their night, which is Monday nights at 7. And so on April 17th, if you would put that on your calendar, the whole church is invited to come and to be with that uh, worship night. So that's going to be good. And I already mentioned pizza with pastors, so uh, we look forward to having you uh, come back for that. Well, Lord bless you. Have a great rest of your Easter. Go with the Lord. Wait.